Well, welcome to Water of Life. We are so glad that you're joining us. Happy Easter, our God has risen. We are so glad to be joining you this weekend as we celebrate Easter together. We're gonna be starting worship in just a few moments, but we just wanna let you know, we are so glad that you're with us wherever you are in the world. We're glad that we get to worship and celebrate Easter together as a family. My name is Victoria, and I'm one of the pastors here at Water of Life. And I'm Jakeem, and I'm our young adults pastor here. We're so excited, like Victoria said, that you are with us this Easter weekend as we get an opportunity to celebrate Jesus, our Savior. We also want to let you know that as a church, we are continually here for you, and we have pastors that are online and ready to pray for you, um, and they'll be available all throughout the service. So you can head over to our Facebook or view our live sermon page on wateroflifecc.org, or you can also watch on our Water of Life mobile app. And like I said, there you can find prayer as well as live chat with our Water of Life community. And hey, if you're new here, we wanna say welcome to you as well. We're so glad that you're with us. You could be celebrating Easter anywhere, and the fact that you're with us today, we're just so happy to have you. So if you could do this, grab your phone and text the word home church to 818-818, where we would love to connect with you and get to know you more. And make sure after service you stick around because we'll be back to share some closing thoughts with you all. Again, we just want you to know that we love you, and more importantly, God loves you. And as we come together to celebrate Jesus, the one who gave us or paid the ultimate price for you and for me, we get an opportunity to celebrate the empty tomb. So before we go into worship, we're actually going to pass it over to Pastor Shane to share a few words. Happy Easter, Water of Life. We just wanted to stop before we jumped into worship today and just say thank you from our staff, from our leadership, our worship teams, all of our teams here at Water of Life, we just wanna say thank you for inviting us into your homes. So many of you right now are gathering around your TV, getting your kids together, chasing them down the hallway, trying to find your spouse. Some of you, in fact, are sitting at home by yourself today. And we wanted to reach out and just say we love you. We're so glad that we get to be part of your Easter celebration. No matter where you are, the truth is, is that this is an Easter unlike any Easter that we've ever experienced. And we probably ever will again. But the truth is, is with that, it means a lot of us are in places that normally we watch movies or we watch football or we watch cartoons with our kids. And today we're going to be invited to worship. Today we get to do the thing that for 2,000 years we've been doing as Christians. Celebrating an empty tomb celebrating a risen king who loves us, who died for us, and who leveraged himself to provide grace for our lives. Now, my guess is there's a lot in your home, if it's like our home, that's distracting. That keeps us maybe from worshiping. Maybe it's just keeping us from engaging and worshiping like we'd like to or like we're used to because the truth is, is there's just so many things going on. Or maybe it's because we've never worshiped in our home before. And many of us are being given an opportunity right now to lead our families, our children, our significant others into worship and set a spiritual precedent in our home that we've never set before. And it can be awkward and can be uncomfortable. But here's my hope, that we remember what was written in Psalm 66, that everything will worship the Lord. All the earth, it says, will worship the Lord. And so here's our encouragement today. Would you stand? 
right where you're at in your living room or wherever it is that you're walking right now, would you pause, would you stand with me right now and just say that together as a church family. We get to worship together. We don't get to be in the same room together, but we get to worship together. But we have to respond today to what God has done in us, with us, and through us. Would you say that with me? I'd love it for us to say it together. That everything will worship the Lord. Everything. Heavenly Father, before we worship, before we acknowledge your greatness, we want to stop and ask that you would do the miraculous in each of us. That you would reach inside of us and you bring peace where peace may not exist. That you would bring focus and attention where it may not exist. And the challenges that we face right now in this season, we want to believe for you to be the overcomer for us. That we would be able to push aside the concern, the frustration, the distractions today and focus on the one thing that changed all of time in history. The creator of the world came to earth and gave up his life for us. And today is alive. And with that, we just say thank you for your grace. Thank you for your holiness that you came with to give to us. Today would be, be just a little bit more like you. Jesus, it's in your name that we pray. And everybody said... Amen.
My name is Joseph. I come from the Judean town of Arimathea. I was there on the night that the rabbi, the one named Jesus, was arrested and brought to trial. I am a member of the Sanhedrin Council, and I heard the full account. He arrived in our world with an uncommon entrance. Born of a virgin, born in a manger, he was mostly a stranger to us until he was announced by John the Baptist, welcomed as the long-awaited Messiah. Now, here, the one whom Moses and the prophets had been writing about for the last 4,000 years. He is not like other rabbis. He's made crippled men walk. He's made blind women see. He's made deaf children hear. He's made lepers clean. He has fed thousands of people on a hillside with only five loaves of bread and two fish. I don't understand this. But now, I've heard the full account of this man named Jesus. He's been teaching in our temples. He's dined with vagabonds and sinners. A woman washed his feet with her tears and he had the audacity to forgive her. His deeds are as exceptional as his words. When our friend Lazarus had died, Jesus went to his grave, told him to come out, and now I've seen Lazarus myself. I've seen him alive. What is the charge against this man? Healing on the Sabbath? What sacred scripture, what law has he broken? Where's the evidence? The offense? Shall we crucify a man with no sin? So I dissented from the decision, as did my friend Nicodemus. But the Sanhedrin took him to Pilate anyway. They tortured him, and then they murdered him on a cross. My name is Joseph of Arimathea, and none of it seemed right to me. So after he was dead, we took down his body and wrapped it in linens. Myself, Nicodemus, and some of the rabbi's disciples who were women. I refused to bury him like a criminal. He had no tomb, so I offered up my own. We took him to the garden, put him in a cave, and then we sealed it with a stone. And the entire time I wondered, and I feared the truth of everything this Jesus had claimed, that this was not just a man in a tomb. It was God in my grave. But that was on a Friday. But then, Sunday, the word traveled to me quickly. Some of the women had gone to the garden and the Roman soldiers who were sent to guard the grave were struck down. The stone was rolled away. The body was gone and there were only one set of footprints on the ground. Then came the reports. Jesus meeting with Simon Peter. Jesus meeting with Mary Magdalene. Jesus meeting with the disciples eating breakfast on the shore. Jesus meeting with two men on the road to Emmaus, then to his brother James and to hundreds and hundreds more. Jesus was dead 
I saw the spear, the water, the blood, but now he's living, breathing, speaking, eating, proving that he is who he said he was. I buried him myself, but now I've seen where he lay, there is nothing left. Jesus bore the shame of the cross and he has trampled over death. My name is Joseph of Arimathea. And this is the full account of what I've seen. Jesus died, was buried, and then he rose again. And now, my grave is empty. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah, that is amazing. So we're just so grateful for Lev for doing that for us, and we just wish that you were here with us that we could do this together. What an amazing word. What an amazing thought. What an amazing picture that Jesus died, went to the grave, dead as dead could be, and then rose from the dead. And friends, this Easter, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for being here with us. Easter is such a powerful time of hope and life and possibility, overcoming death, bringing forth newness of hope and possibility to people like us, people that are struggling like many of you are today. Easter is your answer, friends. Easter is the answer for all of eternity. Now, the reality is, the last night Jesus was on earth before he was crucified, he went to a guy named Simon Peter, and he was really struggling, Simon Peter, like some of us really struggling. You're like, Wow, this has been the hardest thing of my whole life. I've heard so many of you say that the last three or four weeks. And friends, it's not over yet. We know that. We're hopeful, we're prayerful that God is gonna bend the curve with us. We're gonna see people get well and get healed and get delivered. But friends, that night that Jesus was going to the cross was just like this time we're in right now. It was full of angst, it was full of tension, it was full of trial, it was full of sorrow, it was full of loneliness. Watch what happened with Peter. Jesus said this to Simon Peter. Luke twenty-two thirty-one. he said, Lord, the Lord said to him, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you. Wow, could you imagine, friends, Satan asking for you? By name, <laughs> I want this person. And the Lord said, he wants to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail, and when you have returned to me, you will strengthen the people around you, your brothers and sisters. What an incredible thought. What did Satan want to get from Peter, friends? The one thing we can't ever lose, our faith. And some of you are struggling with your faith right now, and it's so important that you don't lose faith. It was his faith that Satan wanted to destroy, he wanted to shipwreck, he wanted to kill him, because without faith, we can do nothing. Friends, we can do nothing eternal, nothing life-giving, nothing's gonna change the world, and nothing causes us to lose our faith, our faith faster than feeling abandoned. I mean, if you feel abandoned today, and some of you do, you're out there like, man, it is so lonely. Where is God in this? I've heard so many of you say that. Where is God in this? Friends, I wanna tell you where God is. He's here right now. He's in the journey with you right now. It's so easy to miss Jesus. Sometimes it just feels like he's hidden in plain sight. He's right there and we can't even see him. See, Jesus, friends, you gotta understand this. He will test your faith. 
He will test your faith. That's way different than what Satan does. Satan tempts your faith. That's what he was going to do to Peter. Jesus, Jesus tests our faith. Satan's goal is to shipwreck you. Jesus' goal is to give you life, to stretch you out, and to cause you to grow. But see, temptation tells you to give up. That's what Satan wants you to do. He tempts you to give up. He says, let go of your faith. There's no reason to live anymore. Look at how bad it is today. It's not going to get better. Friends, Jesus wants to say this to you. I'm here. I'm still in control, and it's going to get better. Now, it gets better, friends, when we yield to the heart of God. The reality is Satan wants us to feel alone and deserted because when we feel alone and deserted, he can rush in and overwhelm us. A long time ago, in a land far away when I was a teenager, there was a poem that was around. It was a a pretty, at that point in time, back in the Jesus movement, it was a pretty famous poem. It was called Footsteps in the Sand. And it was one of those things that you might remember if you're old like me. If you're younger, you're like, what the heck is this? Well, let me read it to you really quick because it kind of, I think, is a great picture of what's happening today. It says this, one night I dreamed a dream. As I was walking along the beach with my Lord, across the dark sky flashed a scene from my life. For each scene I noticed two sets of footprints in the sand, one belonging to me and one to the Lord. After the last scene of my life flashed before me, I looked at the footprints in the sand and I noticed that many times along the path of my life, especially at the very lowest and saddest times, there was only one set of footprints. This really troubled me. So I asked the Lord about it. Lord, you said once I decided to follow you, you'd walk with me the whole way. But I noticed that during the saddest and most troublesome times of my life, there was only one set of footprints. One set of footprints. I don't get it. I don't understand why. When I needed you the most, why would you leave me? And Jesus whispered back to me, my precious child, I love you and I will never leave you never ever during your trials and testings when you saw only one set of footprints it was then that I was carrying you friends some of you need to figure this out today that's exactly what Jesus is doing to you Jesus is carrying you I mean why would God abandon me now some of you are asking that question You know, you feel like you're walking alone and you wonder the same thing that this little poem describes. Why would God abandon you? Where is he in all of this? And friends, those are good questions. It's an appropriate question to ask today. It's not a bad question to ask, but you gotta get your head around this. You gotta drill down deeper. Have you ever been so overtaken by loneliness that you wondered if you could survive? I know there's been times in my life that I have that I've thought, I don't think I can do this anymore. I don't know if I can survive anymore. There are times in this life that we all feel abandoned, friends, and some of you feel very abandoned right now. You feel alone, dejected, isolated, and I know some of you that are shut in right now, quarantined by yourselves, that this is really tough for you. How much I wish you were here. Gosh, water of life, I miss you. I wish you were here, and this worship center was full of people today. But I know this, God is still in control. And you've got to believe that. In your loneliness, he hasn't left you. Deuteronomy 131 says, In the wilderness I saw how the Lord carried you, just as a man carries his son. What an incredible picture, friends. Just as a man carried his son. There are times when it feels like Jesus is nowhere in sight. Nowhere. I mean, 
Like, what's up, God? Where did you go? Why would you leave us now? This is the hardest time we've ever faced in our country, in our lives. And when this happens, friends, it's often in the midst of fear and sorrow and loss and struggle. Man, I've talked to people who've lost loved ones during this time. People that have found out they have cancer during this time. How hard would that be? Whenever you feel lost and sorrow, struggle and fear, it's easy to feel abandoned. It's easy to feel alone. It's easy to feel like God's deserted you. It was a dark, dark day when Mary came to the tomb to embalm Jesus. That day, all three of these things were in play, fear and loss and sorrow. Alone, alone was big word. Everybody, even though they were still around each other, felt alone. Mary came to the tomb that day. It was dark. It was dark, we're told, in the in the morning, but it was spiritually dark, friends. It was emotionally dark. It was a very, very dark time. Let me read a little bit of it to you, then we're gonna put part of it up on the screen and read it loud and read it together. The first part of John chapter 20, verse 11 says, now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. She was alone, abandoned, empty, and hopeless. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been and one at the head and one at the foot. Now we're gonna put this up on the screen and I want you to read it loud and read it together with me. It says in verse 13, 14, and 15, it says they asked her, woman, why are you crying? They've taken away my Lord, she said, and I don't know where they put him. At this she turned around and she saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't realize that it was Jesus. So, so you gotta get this picture. It's dark, it's lonely, she's full of fear, struggling, abandoned, just like many of you feel right now. She turned around and there's somebody nearby and she probably was startled a little bit and like, what's up? What is that about? What, what am I supposed to do? This person starts talking to her. What are you crying about, girl? What's happening to you? Well, they've taken my Lord away and I don't know where they put him. At this she turned around, she saw Jesus standing there, but, 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 but listen to this. She didn't realize it was Jesus. Hidden in plain sight, friends. She didn't realize it was Jesus. He asked her a question. He said, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Thinking that he was the gardener. This is so funny to me. I'm like, hello, the Lord of heaven and earth, and you thought he was the gardener, girl. How in the heck did that happen? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you carried him away, tell me where you put him and I'll go get him. <laughs> I'm not quite sure how she was gonna get him, how she thought she was gonna pick him up. I, I, I just think her heart went out. You know, She was like, I, I'm desperate, I'm alone, I, I have nowhere to go but to a tomb. Now friends, I don't know if you've ever gone to a gravesite and just sat and mourned over somebody that you loved, but it's a very, very lonely and empty experience. Your heart's hungering for the person to be alive and they're not alive. At least not in your presence. They may be alive in Jesus' presence, but they are not alive in your presence. It leaves you feeling abandoned. It leaves you feeling hopeless. Mary felt all those things on this amazing resurrection morning day. Her heart was so turned down that she was missing the greatness and the glory of God. Friends, some of you are there right now. Your hearts are so turned down that you're missing the greatness and the glory of God in the middle of the battle. And I want to encourage you today, think about Easter. 
It's so easy to miss Jesus. She thought he was a gardener. Was it the dark? Was it the distance? What prevented her from recognizing her savior? You know, I'll tell you what I think prevented her from recognizing him. She had no faith. Mary didn't have any faith. The enemy had struck her right where he could wound her the deepest. She had no faith. She didn't come to the tomb expecting Jesus to resurrect and be alive. Friends, she came to the tomb expecting to embalm a dead person. She came expecting Jesus to be dead, not alive. She had no faith to be able to see beyond the physical realm. And all over in the Bible, we're warned, we're warned, and we're told, friends, look past the physical, look into the unseen realm, because that's where Jesus lies. Now, I'm guessing that Jesus hid his identity from her. I think her lack of faith obviously played into it, but I think that when, when, she, when Jesus revealed himself to her, when, when, she, when he said to her, Mary, he called out her name, Mary, and she said, Rabbi, Rabbi, literally she didn't just say Rabbi, Rabbi is the word, and Rabbi is way different than Rabbi because it literally means my teacher, my Lord, my leader, my king. So she didn't just say, Rabbi, hey, dude. No, no, that's not what she said. She said, you belong to me. You are my Messiah. You are my king. I can't believe it is you. She called him Rabbi. Very important for you. Some of you need to say that right now. Jesus needs to be not your teacher up in the distance, but your king in your moment. That he is your king in your moment. I see, I, I think Jesus might have hidden his identity from you right now. I think he might have hidden his identity from Mary. I think that he probably did the same thing on the road to Emmaus later in the day. If you don't know that story, I want to read it to you. You've got a Bible, an iPad, a phone. Turn with me to Luke chapter 24, verse 13. Luke 24, 13 is a great story of the road to Emmaus. It says, Behold, two of them were going that very day to a village named Emmaus, which is about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking to each other about all the things that had taken place. Man, but think like this. It was empty. It was lonely. It was vacant. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself approached and began to travel with them. But their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. Recognizing him. He was hidden in plain sight. And he said to them, what are these words that you're exchanging with one another as you're walking? And they stood still, looking sad. No faith, feeling completely deserted and abandoned, just like some of you right now. You're just sitting there, even on Easter morning, you're sitting there looking sad. Friends, you don't need to be sad. You need to realize that Jesus is in this with you. He is there. Now watch what happens. They're standing there looking sad. And he starts to walk with them. And he says, what are these words? And they just look sad. One of them named Cleopas said in verse 18, he answered and said to him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem and unaware of the things which have happened in these days? Like, dude, have you lost your phone? What's up? You don't have a clue what's going on? And he said to them, what things? This is so great. You gotta get this. God was stretching out their faith, just like he's stretching out some of your face right now. You're like, I'm alone, I'm abandoned. I'm, no, 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 you're not. 
It's resurrection morning, friends. The king is alive, and he's alive in your midst as well as mine. Now listen to what happens. What things Jesus asked? And they said to him the things about Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word in the sight of God and people. And how the chief priests and the rulers delivered him up to a sentence of death, and then they crucified him. But we were hoping, notice the past tense, it's over for them, like they lost their joy, as some of you have lost your joy. You don't want to wish you were hoping, you want to keep hoping, friends. It says, we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all of this, it's the third day since these things have taken place. But something strange has happened, they said in verse 22. Some of the women among us, they've amazed us. When they were, went to the tomb early this morning, and it was the same day, they did not find his body, and they came and they said that they had seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. And some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it exactly as the woman had said, but, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish men, and slow of heart to believe, and all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for Christ to suffer in these things and to enter into his glory? And then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he began to explain to them the things concerning himself in the scripture. So Jesus starts to go back to the law and the prophets and explain all of his journey, all the things that had unfolded, all the prophetic insight so they could see into the unseen realm, friends. That's what God is asking you to do today, some of you. Stop looking for something to touch you in the physical and start believing for God to reach you in the supernatural. Watch where this goes. Verse 28, it says they approached the village where they're going, to Emmaus, and he acted as though he was gonna go further past them, but they urged him and said, stay with us, for it's getting towards evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went with them, and he stayed with them, and he reclined at the table with them, and he took bread, and he blessed it, and he broke it, and he began to give it to them, and then their eyes were open, and they recognized him. At least they didn't call him the gardener. That's the good news. They didn't call him the gardener, but they didn't recognize who Jesus was. And then as soon as they recognized him, he vanished from their sight. Poof, he was gone. Just as fast as he could be there, he was gone. And they said to one another, were not our hearts burning within us when he was speaking to us while we were on the road and explaining the scriptures to us? Then they got up that very hour, and they returned to Jerusalem. And they found gathered together the 11 and those who were with them. And they said, the Lord has really risen. You gotta get this, some of you. The Lord has really risen. You need to even say that in your homes right now, in your car, wherever you're at. Listen, the Lord has really risen. The Lord has really risen. What an amazing statement. The Lord has really risen and he's appeared to Simon. And they began to relate their experiences on the road and how he was recognized by them at the breaking of bread. What a fantastic story, friends. You know, what's amazing about this, I read commentators and scholars this week when I was studying this passage, and there were people who said this, well, they just missed that it was Jesus. And I went, oh man, you missed that it was supernatural. Because the truth was, friends, this was supernatural. There are times that God hides himself from us. Times of trial, times of sorrow. I, I just don't believe that Jesus just hid himself from Mary or these two guys. I'm of the mind that Jesus hides himself often from us. In times of struggle that he wants to build us and test us and stretch us and get us to grow as his kids. Friends, your faith, 
is the most important thing that God has ever given to you. And he wants to grow your faith. You gotta figure that out. He wants you to live in the unseen realm, not in the seen realm. He wants you to live believing in what you cannot see, not just what you can hear on the news or on the radio. I know the reports are bad. I know some of you, even you're believing your emotions, you're believing your pain and your sorrow, you're not believing that in the middle of this storm, Jesus can grow you, stretch you, meet you, and bless you. God wants to build your faith. I know you hate this. I, I, I do. When God does this to me, I just hate it. I'm like, Lord, where are you? I know you're there. Speak to me. And it's silent sometimes, just quiet. It's quiet. But you've got to do, you've got to do what Hebrews 10.23 said. You have to believe he who promised is faithful. Friends, he who promised is faithful. I will never leave you or forsake you. That, friends, is a promise, and Jesus is faithful. He is going nowhere, nowhere without you. He's going nowhere without you. You need to think about those footsteps in the sand. You need to think, he's carrying you right now. Some of you feel so abandoned, so alone, so afraid. He is in control. You've got to get this. Your trust in him is so important right now. Our trust in him as believers is so important right now. Even if we can't see him, we've got to believe him. He's got the journey, even if you can't see it. Friends, I think Jesus is here right now. I think he's in the room right now. I think he's right next to me. I think he's right next to you. I think that, that some of us, we just, we, we can't see it. It's like he's hidden in plain sight. Like Mary in the garden, the guys on the road to Emmaus, Jesus is there. He's there right now, friends. You need to grab a hold of him. I think he's here right now in the midst of your questions, your struggles, and your fears. I think when we get to eternity, some of us are gonna be shocked and say, I had no idea you were in the middle of it right then. I had no idea that was you. I missed you, Lord, completely. It's just like the poem. He was always there. In the middle of your struggle, friends, he made you a promise, and he always keeps his word. He who promises is faithful. Don't lose your trust in Jesus right now. Don't lose your way with God right now. Jesus keeps his word. His resurrection, please get this, his resurrection sealed the deal. When he got up from the dead that day, this day that we celebrate, that we call Easter morning, friends, that sealed the deal. The cross was a dark day. It was like a deal breaker for those guys. They lost their trust. There was so much about it. They lost their trust and they thought, oh no, it's over. No, it was just beginning. It wasn't over. You need to trust that at the heart of your journey is trusting God. No matter what you feel, your emotions will deceive you, friends. Your body, your physical pain will deceive you. It will sometimes just overwhelm you like a tsunami, a wave just going over and you gotta say, no, I'm gonna believe this. I'm gonna believe that Jesus is faithful to keep his promise. We've never, in our lifetime, friends, most of us have never been in a more vulnerable place than we're in right now. A more vulnerable place as a country, as a people, as a nation. Everybody critical of everybody else, like somehow they could do it better. The truth is, friends, none of us know what we're doing. I mean, three or four weeks ago, we were like flying, and in three or four weeks, 
the virus has taken down our whole country. How quick, just like that, just, just like, boom, just like that. And you think that God isn't still God? Sometimes we crow about how great we are, how strong we are as a country, all these kind of things. Friends, you need to think like this. The cross and the resurrection shook the world, just like this virus has shaken your world. <clears throat> it shook these guys' world. It broke their trust. It was a dark day. It was a dark day. But it was the dawning of a new, just a complete breakthrough of hope and possibility. Friends, the trust, the trust, the trust that God wants you to hold with him, it's so important. Your faith is built on trust, not in nothing, but in something that is unseen. That, friends, is the resurrection. That's a whole story. Dead coming back to life. That is what we're celebrating today. Something you can't see. Man, you go to the, the, the cemetery, you sit next to a loved one's tomb, and you're like, what the heck? They're gone. No, 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 not if they know Jesus. They're more alive than you right now. You gotta believe the unseen realm. You gotta believe what Hebrews 11 one says. It says, faith is the assurance of things unseen. It's the assurance of things unseen, uh, of things unseen uh, and things hoped for, the conviction of things unseen. It's such an amazing thought. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things unseen. Assurance, assurance, assurance. Some of you need assurance right now. Like, I don't have any assurance. I don't have any faith. I don't have any hope. I, I just feel abandoned. I feel abandoned, Pastor Dan. I feel alone. I feel like I'm in the journey by myself. Friends, Jesus is there. Jesus is there. Don't lose your faith. This is where the enemy wants to strike you. Don't lose your trust. You gotta believe in what you can't see. The dead are coming back to life. Jesus came back to life. Friends, I am not gonna die. I'm gonna pass through the valley of the shadow of death and into eternity as alive as I am right now, and so are you if you know Jesus. See, the reality is this. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. That word, hypostasis, is such an important word. Hupo literally means underneath, and the second part of the word, histomai, means to stand. Your faith is the assurance. It gets underneath you and causes you to stand. And some of you are just crawling right now. You need to go to God this morning and you say, Father, renew my faith. I'm gonna run to you. I'm gonna come to you, God. Renew my faith. Touch me, Holy Spirit. Let rivers of living water flow fresh inside of me. I am not gonna allow the enemy to strike my faith. I'm not gonna allow enemy to, to cause me to quit trusting you. Faith, friends, is the assurance. It is a support. It is a strong foundation. It is the rock that Jesus promised he would be. And it's a conviction or evidence or proof of things to come. Faith is a strong supporting place to stand and a trusted evidence of things you cannot see. It's unseen. You've got to believe, friends, in the unseen right now. You've got to trust, trust, trust what Jesus said. When he was on the cross, he said, it is finished. He didn't say this, I am finished. Some of you are living right now like Jesus is wiped out on the cross. Like, he's finished, it's over. No, it's not over. He said, death has been killed, destroyed, and broken. He said, it is finished, the work of redemption, of healing, building a bridge back to the Father's heart is all done today. You need to trust in him. 
even when you don't sense his presence, friends. I got to trust in him when I don't sense his presence. The, 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 these people came to the grave, Mary, Peter, the guys on the road to Emmaus. It was a deal breaker for them. They acted like Jesus said he was dead, he was finished. But he's not finished, friends. He's here, and he's here right now. He's in your house right now. You got to believe in what you can't see. Jesus told us over and over, over and over, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of the coronavirus. Don't be afraid of losing your job. Don't be afraid. I read today, this is going to be the worst depression we've had since the Great Depression. Don't be afraid. Don't listen to the people who want to tell you that it's going to be bad. Listen to the unseen. Listen to what the Spirit is saying. Jesus is risen, and he is risen indeed. Don't be blind to the things that you can't see with your eyes. Look with your heart and believe the Messiah is alive today. Jesus has risen. He is not out of control. Friends, he's very much in control. Just as he was at the cross, think like this. When he went to the cross, it was so dark. It was like so dark. It was, how, how could you be in control when these Roman soldiers nailed your hands and your feet to a cross? thrust a spear in your side, and then watch your physical body die. How could you be in control? Only if you're God. See, Jesus cannot be overwhelmed by human circumstances, friends. Not yours or mine, ever. Can't be overwhelmed by human circumstances. That's what makes Easter morning so great, Resurrection Day so fantastic. Jesus was really clear. You can kill my body, but you can't keep me in the grave. I am the God of the universe, the living and the dead. I alone determine the outcome. And friends, some of you don't believe that today. Some of you are sitting out there right now. Your friends have invited you to watch, and you're watching, and you're like, I, I don't have any faith. I've never had faith. Friends, I want to tell you something. Jesus has faith for you. He believes in you even if you don't believe in him. And I want you to be still in your house right now, wherever you're at, your car, wherever you're at. Don't move, please, right now. Just be still for a moment. Because I want to talk to you about eternity. I want to talk to you about the most important thing in your whole life, your trust in him. Some of you don't have any. The Bible says you ought to have trust in him. I want you to take a moment right now and just pause and be still and ask yourself a question. If you died today, what would happen to you? God forbid that that would happen, but if it did, what would it mean for you right now? Would you know that you know that you know that you would be in eternity with Jesus Christ? Friends, that's what Easter's about. Easter's about resurrection from the dead. It's about conquering death. Some of you are living dead lives right now. What an oxymoron, uh, dead lives. How can you be dead and be alive? But friends, you can be. The Bible says that. That you can be dead in your trespasses and your sins and miss Jesus completely. You can't see him because you're blinded by your pride. You're blinded by your selfishness. You're blinded by your anger and your jealousy. Jesus is crying out to you right now. Some of your heart's beating fast. That's the Spirit of God. 
You don't have to be in this room for that to happen. God, listen, God can reach you anywhere at any time if you will open up to him. So I want to ask you a question again. If you were to die today, would you go to heaven or hell? What would happen to you? I know some of you are like, well, that's really drastic and right in my face. Friends, this is Easter morning. This is about your spiritual journey of eternity. It's the most important question anybody could ever ask you. And there's not a better time to deal with it than right now. Now, I know what some of you are going to say. You're going to say, Pastor Dan, I think if I died, I would go to heaven. Let me help you with something. The Bible is really clear. Thinking you're going to go to heaven is not going to get you there. It's not going to get you there. Maybe you said, I hope I'll make it. Come on. Would you bank your whole life on hoping that you would make something when Jesus told you you could know and know and know for certain? Hoping is not a good idea, friends. That doesn't cut it. You need to think like this. Some of you say this, I love God. I love God. Friends, you need to know Jesus. I know some of you, you love God, but it's a distant, faraway relationship. It's not the intimacy that Jesus Christ wants you to have with him. He went to the cross so you could call him Rabbani, my God, my teacher, not the teacher or the God, my God. He wants intimacy with you. Some of you would say this, I'm a pretty good person. Well, friends, let me be really clear with you. Your good deeds cannot earn you a way into eternity. The Bible's very clear about that. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It's only by grace you are saved through faith. Comes back to that trust issue again. Can you trust that this amazing God would go to the cross for you, die, go into the grave, and on the third day, break the back of death so that you could rise again from the dead? That's what Jesus did. Jesus said this the night before he was going to be crucified. He said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody, no person comes to the Father except by me. Nobody. Not you, not me, not the Pope, not the President. Nobody. Nobody comes to the Father except through the Son, Jesus Christ. Being born in America is not going to make you a Christian, friend. It's not going to happen that way. Being baptized as a child, your parents were trying to get you into heaven. That's a great thing, but that's not going to get you to heaven. The Bible's very clear. Repent of your sins. Turn away from your, from your foolishness. Turn away from the dumb things that you're doing and turn to a living God and then be baptized. Not be baptized and then hope you turn. No, very clearly the Bible says turn away and then once you have, Baptism is an outward sign of an inward change. And then you go into the water and you get baptized. Friends, you gotta figure this out. Your faith has to go from your head to your heart. It's gotta become real to you. It's gotta be vulnerable for you. Some of you are so afraid of God. You're so afraid, what's he gonna do to me? If I, I, I understand all that. I thought all those things. And then when I crashed into Jesus, it was the greatest moment I ever had in this life. Meeting the unseen Messiah, the one who calls himself the king of the universe. Meeting him face to face, friends. That's gonna happen for each of us one day. The Bible says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. I'm asking you not to wait for a day when God makes everybody bow before him, but to choose 
on your own free will today. If you've never bowed before Lord Jesus, if you've never opened your heart to the King of the universe, that today would be your day. That you would make a decision right now to open up your life. In the book of John, in the Bible, there's a story about a guy named Nicodemus. He came to Jesus at nighttime. He was a religious guy. Unlike a lot of us, he was a really religious guy. And he came to Jesus and he said, what do I need to do to be born again, to go into eternity? What do I need to do? And Jesus made that famous, famous statement, you must be born again. Got to be born again. Nicodemus was like a, a priest for the Jewish people, and he was like, I don't get what you're saying, man. You're telling me I need to go back in the womb? No, 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 no. Jesus was really clear and explained this. I'm talking about being born from the inside out. I'm not talking about doing something on the outside to try to get to God. Be good for God, clean your act up, read your Bible, give money. I'm not talking about anything like that, Jesus said. I'm talking about yielding your will to your heavenly Father, your creator. When Nicodemus came to, to Jesus, it must have blown him up really big, like it's blowing some of you up right now. I'll tell you what God wants. He wants everything from you. He wants your will, your life, your all. It says this in Revelation 3.16. Jesus said, I'm gonna come back, and I know your deeds, that you are neither cold or hot. I wish that you were either hot or cold, but because you are lukewarm and neither hot or cold, I'm gonna spit you out of my mouth. Friends, that, that he's speaking to some of you that go to church and never yielded your life to him. You kind of do your duty for God, friends. And I'm praying that the coronavirus has shaken you to your core, that you would get a wake-up call today and realize this is not a game that you play with God. Friends, this is eternity. This is the most important thing in your life. You don't want to be a person that Jesus said, I'd spit you out of my mouth. You want to be passionate for this great, loving, crazy God. He's crazy about you. You want to be passionate about him. Jesus wants you all in, not half in and half out, not one foot in heaven, one foot in hell. Jesus wants you all in. He's not going to come and force you to be in. He's not going to come and steal your heart away, take your life from you. He's asking you to lay it down. Lay it down. Your own will. Your will is the key to the kingdom of God inside of you. Lay down your will before your Father. Matthew 10, 32, Jesus said, if you confess me before people, I will confess you before my Father. But if you deny me before other people, I will deny you before my Father. So I'm gonna ask you to do something right now. I'm gonna ask you to bow your head. I don't care if you're in your home or with your family, I wanna ask everybody just to bow your head. I want you to have a private moment with God. Bow your head because God is looking at your heart. I want you to bow your head and I'm gonna ask you in a minute to raise your hand if you wanna to surrender to Jesus today. You may have been a lukewarm person that needs to come home and say, I give up, I give up, I give up. You may be a person who has no faith at all and say, I don't get it, God, but I need it, Lord. I'm desperate, I feel abandoned, deserted. I'm tired of living life like this. It doesn't work. My selfishness, my anger, I can't live like this anymore. God wants you to stand for him. So if you were here today in this worship center, I would be doing the exact same thing I'm gonna do right now. I'm just gonna ask you to bow your head right now. And I'm gonna pray a prayer. If it's anything close to what you feel, 
I want you to pray this prayer. In fact, I'm just gonna ask all of you, if you're with a group of people in your house, just pray it out loud with me so everybody feels comfortable praying it. Father God, today I come to you. I don't understand everything, but I recognize this, that you are the God of eternity. You live in the unseen realm and I live in the physical realm, Father, but I need faith to cross that boundary. God, to believe in the things that I cannot see today. I need healing, Father. I can't see all my pain, but I feel it. And I wanna invite you to touch me, Lord Jesus. I wanna invite you to come and heal me today. So Father, I confess that I have done stupid things, things that would hurt you, that have hurt the people around me. Today, I surrender. God, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. If you're saying that right now, I want you to put your hand up. And here's why I want you to put your hand up, because I want you to make a statement. Don't deny Jesus in front of people, friends. Stand up, put your hand up and say, I'm in today. Now here's the next thing I want you to do. I want you to go to your telephone. And I want you to pick up the phone and call one of our pastors. If you're online, I want you in a chat room to tell the pastor, I made a decision to surrender to Jesus Christ today. And we're gonna take a minute right now, we're gonna worship together, just for a moment. But during this time, I want you to get your phone, text into us, we'll put the text number up on the screen, call us at 463-0103, there'll be pastors on the phone to talk to you. Go into the chat room, tell the pastors, today I made a decision, I'm gonna surrender my life to you. We wanna connect with you, friends. We wanna help you start the journey with God. So we're gonna worship right now. If you're in your living room, it's just you or you and your family and you already know Jesus, let's worship together. And then we're gonna close up.
come to you right now. Lord, we run to you. Some of you right now, you're sitting there and saying, oh, my heart's beating fast. I, I feel afraid. I feel terrified. Friends, some of you are trapped. You're abandoned. The only voice you hear is hell, hammering you over and over, guilt and shame, regret, remorse. And the Spirit of God is coming to you right now saying, it's me. Your heart needs a surgeon. Your soul needs a friend. It's me. Open up to me right now, yield your will to me. I am your king, your creator, your Messiah. Invite me to forgive you. Today, I wanna heal you, I'm crazy about you. This Easter morning is your day, your moment, friends. Pick up your phone, call the church office, get in a chat room, grab one of our pastors. We wanna pray for each of you. We wanna send you material. We wanna encourage you. I got a video that I'm gonna to send to you if you contact us. We wanna help you in the journey. Friends, it's a journey. Just like I said, some of us are, are Jesus followers right now, but we're home and we're lonely and we're afraid. Sometimes the journey's hard, but I'll tell you something. When you grab a hold of the one who's unseen, your life will never be the same. Ever, ever be the same. I wish there was something we could do or sing or say today that would be worth what Jesus Christ has done to redeem all of us. But the truth is all we can say is, Lord, we don't have much to give, but we give you our whole life. So I'm praying for you today, friends, that you would surrender your life to Jesus. I wanna thank you for joining us today. Thank you for coming, sitting, worshiping, praying, and hopefully prayerfully yielding to God at every level in your heart, in your life. Easter morning is so great. I feel so sad just looking around the room that you're not here, that the front isn't full of people who are crying out to God saying, I need a savior, my soul needs a friend. But I am convinced, even though I can't see you, I'm convinced that God is moving in you because I believe in the unseen realm. So there's gonna be quick, we're gonna be through this friends and we're gonna be back together. Hang on, hold on, cry out. We're here for you, call us, talk to us, let us pray over you, pray with you, and let me bless you before we go. Father, I just wanna bless our church, bless everybody who hears this today throughout the heavens and the earth, wherever they're on the other side of the planet, in Cambodia, Iraq, Iran, Syria. Father, if they're in Australia, wherever they're at, in Fontana, Cucamonga, Ontario, here in the US, 
We want to say bless you and bless you. May the Lord keep you, make his face shine upon you. May the Spirit of God pour out his grace on you today that your Easter would be full, full, full of his glory and you would know today that he is in the room with you, in your heart, filling you with his presence. In the name of Jesus, God bless you. Happy Easter morning. Well, what a great, powerful message from our pastor and what an amazing way to spend and celebrate Easter together. As we shared, if you made that first time commitment to following Jesus or you rededicated your life to him, we wanna say way to go. You made the most important decision of your life, but know that you don't have to go through this alone, that we wanna partner with you. So if you can, grab your phone and text the word Jesus to 818-818, where we would love to partner with you and give you all the tools and resources as you begin your walk with Jesus. And if you'd like prayer, we would love to pray for you. We have pastors who would pray for you as well as give you a Bible. So make sure you call us at our church offices at 909-463-0103. And as we close our time together, my prayer, our prayer for you is that you would remember and recognize this Easter, that Jesus loves you, that he died for you, that he is risen and his hope is here and it's alive. We love you guys. We hope you have a great Easter. God bless.